Welcome to Teenage Talk, a podcast that gives insight into getting through life as a teenager. We all know that teenage life can be complicated, so let's talk about it. Here are your hosts, Justin Flannery and Gabriel Wells. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Teenage Talk. My name is Gabe Wells. I'm here with my co-host, Justin Flannery. Justin, tell the folks how you were doing today. You know, I, I'm I'm doing fantastic, Gabe. I'm super excited to be back for another episode. And yeah, we, we got a good one. Exactly. I think this is this is a lot more fun than I expected it would be. Just talking on camera for what it is, it's a lot more fun. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100 percent I'm I'm I've been having a good time and you know, just super excited to get the content out there for everybody. Oh, exactly. And for you guys that are listening or watching, because we are up on YouTube right now, look up Teenage Talk Podcast. You will see us on there. Maybe drop a subscribe and a like on all the videos if you're feeling generous. I mean, you could do that too. But for those of you guys that you know are listening, watching, like I said, you may not know this, but Justin and I, what we do is we don't actually film like one video each day. We try to film like two or you know maybe even three. We could do three. That would be that would be a fun day. But <laughs> um, I mean, at this point, dude, I. Like we didn't film or anything yesterday, and I I kind of kind of got bored. I felt like I wasn't talking enough. Yeah, I I agree. It feels now that we got this going, it feels empty every time we're not doing stuff. So, you know, we're back at it again today. Exactly, and because it, it's part of the routine. It's part of the routine, and I'm like, dude, if I'm not doing it, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I agree. All right, guys. Well, pretty interesting topic today. We're, me and Justin, we we're trying to think of deeper things to talk about. You know, we talked about transitioning with your goals into 2021, how to do all that stuff. And we talked about online schooling. Online schooling wasn't such a deep topic. I think it was more, you know, opinion based for the both of us, I would say. And then, you know, episode three, um, dealing with pressure from parents, peers, society on that stuff. But today we came across something really interesting. So according to liveabout.com, so according to Dr. Bono, he is a professor at California State University. The, he says the most grateful 20% of the teens in his study of 700 people were 15% more likely than the least 20% to have a sense of meaning in their lives and had a scent and had a 15% lower likelihood of having depression symptoms. Now, I'm aware that, that is an extremely long sentence for those for those of you that are listening. It is a very long sentence for me to read as well, but it ultimately comes down to one thing. He is essentially saying that grateful teens are happy teens. So Justin, how can we all be more grateful in our lives so that we can be happier? Well, that that is the question of the day, isn't it? And I, I think with this subject, there's going to be a lot of answers. And for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. Being grateful in general is something that, you know, I think we forget, we kind of overlook when we're going through our lives and we don't really sit down and think about, you know, why why we should be thankful and grateful for the things that we're doing in our lives. And I think one strategy that can help with uh, everybody being more grateful in the moment is just being living in the present. And a good, a good quote that uh, my girlfriend sent me the other day, uh, she, she sent me this quote. It says, quote, we hurt ourselves because we obsess about the end of our journeys. Focus on staying in the moment, on being grateful for where you are today. And I think that's deep and, you know, being grateful and staying in the moment is probably one of the best strategies that you can do for keeping, staying thankful for your life. 100%. I think 
wouldn't that because Justin and I before we uh before we you know press the record button on this episode we were kind of just brainstorming what we were going to talk about and everything like that like we normally do and we talk we use the word fulfillment a lot you know fulfillment from yourself being fulfilled with the things that you have in your life and everything like that but I think it would be more so you know you mentioned like the destination everything like that I think it's more so falling in love with the process because ultimately you're never going to be satisfied the process is never going to stop so it's not so much a oh I'm going to be happy once this happens or oh I'm going to be happy once I get to this point I think it ultimately boils down to you going after you know that point that you want to reach 100% but a huge part of that is essentially just saying I'm content in the fact that I'm on the process and I'm enjoying this process and I'm falling in love with that process. Sounds really cheesy, but I don't know. I think that if we all kind of learn that lesson, then maybe we'd be a little bit more happy in our day-to-day lives. What would you say, Justin? Definitely. And what, when, when you were talking about that, it kind of reminds me of what we were kind of talking about in episode one, when we we're talking about going towards our goals and new year's resolutions, falling in love with the process is also a very effective strategy in staying grateful and staying motivated for going through your life. And obviously, again, that's not an easy thing to do. And it's something that you learn from experience. And if you're a younger kid, maybe you haven't quite experienced what it's like to be able to do that yet. But I I personally thought that tied back to our first episode, we're talking about changing our routines and stuff that we do throughout the day to remind ourselves that we're grateful. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a question about this though. So kind of a little bit of a transition, but kind of not since it's, you know, obviously in the same lane here, going back to what we talked about in episode three, kind of touched on it a little bit. Where does comparison of yourself to other people on social media, where does that fall into this whole mess? In your oh opinion? yeah. Okay. I actually had this written down too as something that I wanted to get to as well, because I think it's also very important when thinking about how how to be more grateful. The whole comparison on social media, we talked about, again, we talked about this in the last episode, the grass is always greener on the other side. So falling into this trap of looking over there and seeing what they're doing on social media and comparing it to yourself is harmful, not only your self-esteem, but how you perceive your own life. And so avoid avoiding that comparison to others and really staying internal and focusing on yourself will help you become more, more grateful for your life and achieving this sort of like satisfaction and fulfillment from within. And that, I mean, that's just my opinion. And I think a lot of people can attest to that from experience. No, a hundred percent. I think, I think that's very true. And I think like, this is to answer my kind of question, what I was thinking too. When you compare yourself to other people on social media, you know, talk, touched on this in episode three as well. Um, it's always the best story on social media. It's never the true story or the real story. People only put out what they want to put out. People only allow you to see what they want you to see. And I think, you know, when you're comparing, you're, obviously, I don't think anybody has the perfect life. And when you're comparing your life with the struggles that you may currently be in or currently have gotten over or anything like that, and you're comparing all that to, um, you know, other people who seem to have the perfect life, you know, it's tough. And I think it's also just understanding that that's not real. Like all this stuff that you're going through, whether, whether it's short-term, long-term, or it seems like it's never going to end. Everybody goes, everybody goes through things. I would, I would say that for sure it's on different levels. You know, I'm not going to say that everybody goes through the same things on the same level with the same hardship and everything like that. Cause I, I quite frankly, I don't think that's true, but 
I think it's just understanding that as far as as far as social media goes, it's not real. It's literally not real. Yeah, and I think finding that when you're looking at social media, you kind of see what where other people are at or where they want you to see where they're at. And going back to falling in love with the process and the journey, even if you see something on social media and like you want to get there, realizing that you're not going to get there right away is important. And being able to find satisfaction from the little things that you do on a daily basis to achieve what you really want is also another effective strategy. I think finding like celebrating the little wins and, you know, the, the process of getting somewhere will help with that satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah, I yeah, of course. Two things that you mentioned right there. One, the little wins thing that you said, that's that's like my whole life. We talked about that in episode one. I I'm a big fan of the uh, if if you guys heard episode one, I talk about the staircase analogy where, you know, the little at the top of the staircase, obviously you got your big goal. Maybe you want to lose a hundred pounds, let's just say, and that's your big goal. But then each step of the staircase is maybe 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40, you know, and if you're able to tackle those little goals, then eventually you're going to get to that big goal. But it's just, it's the, um, it's just being happy with where you're at and understanding that you're, you're on that process. You're on your way there. And that's all that you really can control. I don't think you should get stressed about things that you can't control. Now, second thing I want to say, Justin, Let's, let's flip it to the other side here. Do you think that seeing other people on social media where they're at, and we said you shouldn't compare yourself, sure, but do you think that you could, that using that as motivation for where you want to be, what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts as far as that goes? Because, I mean, we said you can't compare yourself to that, but do you think that using that as motivation, do you, first of all, do you think that's possible without getting, without getting jealous or just... Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think that's possible without getting jealous. I obviously it, it's a definitely it's, it's difficult because you have the one side where you're going to have the grass is always greener where yeah. you don't want to have to compare to yourself, of course, yeah. but visualization of what you want is also very effective in, you know, finding direction and where you want to go. And sometimes visualizing for yourself is pretty difficult and using social media as a tool as like a visualization tool and seeing other people maybe that have the same same goals or where you where your goals are aligned I think it could be used as an effective tool but I definitely think it should be used with caution considering that you might have like it might help hurt your self-esteem and all that yeah negative stuff yeah I think this is because obviously I feel like I talk about fitness a lot here. That's just because that's a space that I'm very familiar with, but I'm pretty sure everybody has come across at least one fitness influencer from time to time on Instagram. Um, And Justin, I I know you follow a few, right? Do you notice how some of these people, they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. I mean, sure. You could say they're good looking and that's a reason. I mean, obviously we're not all oblivious to that, but I know for me, seeing people that are like, as far as my fitness goals, seeing people that are already there, watching them work out, watching them, you know, hit their exercises harder, just watching them in their day-to-day life and seeing everything that they do. And like, I don't, I don't know, but I think on some level, dude, it kind of motivates the crap out of me. Yeah. I, I think one of the cooler things about that is if those influencers, not only do they have the images of themselves of where they're currently at and you know, the weight that they're pushing at the moment. But if you go back, I'm sure you can find videos of where they talk about their transformation and their process. 
I think though to me, those are more motivating seeing that, hey, he was like like me at one point and now yeah, he's an animal. Of course. So this is something that um that this is something that I was actually gonna while you were thinking it just popped in my head. I don't know if anybody listening has ever heard about this guy, but his name is Drew Manning. He's a fitness. Um, he's not so much a fitness influencer as he is just a famous personal trainer. Um, he's worked with many celebrities and everything like that. Honestly, he's one of the people that I truly idolize. I look up to this man. He's so he's so straightforward, and his fitness knowledge is obviously amazing, and that's why so many people look up to him like I do. But the way that he actually put himself on the map, a little story time here, is a lot of times with these fitness influencers like we're talking about, I think – you know, they have these really, really good physiques that obviously took years of hard work to get there. And he brought up a good point that like him, he was born fit. So he has always been fit. And when he was working with, you know, overweight people, for example, he didn't have that, that level of empathy of understanding and knowing exactly what it was going through because really with fitness and nutrition and all this stuff, when you want to lose weight, the science is, and everybody knows this, eat less, move more. That's all it comes down to. It doesn't matter if you pay a personal trainer $3,000 or $300 to tell you that. It's going to come down to that. Their approaches may differ, sure. But I think what really separates him from everybody else is, he. well, he realized, I'm going to go back to it. He realized that he didn't have that level of empathy of understanding that, you know, exactly what they were going through. So he did something that I think is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He gained 70 pounds over the course of a year just so he can reverse the process to understand what his clients were going through. And he's got a book on it. He actually had a TV show, like a TV show series made about him. It's got nine episodes. Really, really good. But yeah, this guy, he's, I was totally going off. I, it's not so much off topic, but Justin, you get what I'm saying? But yeah, that level of just figuring out the process and understanding the process and where it's going through and seeing him being so upfront and authentic about that journey and, you know, taking the progress pictures where they're not so much progress pictures. They're actually reverse progress pictures where he's like 10 pounds up from the last time, you know, he weighed in and it's just like seeing that process and, you know, watching them go through that. It adds the real factor of, Oh wait, you're not perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And going back to sort of the topic of this episode, finding that fulfillment and satisfaction from within, I think being, being able to understand that nothing is going to be perfect. I think I think a lot of people our age fall trap to that sort of perfectionism, perfectionist type mentality yeah. where they kind of expect the perfect. And being able to, I mean, obviously, you know more about this influencer than I do, being able to watch him and understand that he was able to do what is like what he's trying to motivate his clients to do. I think understanding that the process is different for everybody and that almost anybody can achieve it is a pretty cool idea and, you know, can help you find that kind of motivation within. Totally. And I mean, you know, different, obviously different start points. Everybody's going to start at a different point, not just with fitness, but with anything in life. But when you can see somebody, when you can watch somebody go through the struggles, the hardships, and just feeling the things that you may be feeling, you know, and understanding of, understanding of why you're feeling why you want to give up and all that stuff and just seeing them actually get to the point where you want to get to. I think that's awesome. But he, another thing he touches on too, he touches on this whole fulfillment from within thing saying that being able to, cause he's actually done this twice. Um, he's gone from 70 pounds to, you know, back to, I don't know what his other weight was, but he gained 70 pounds. He did it like a few years ago. And then he recently just did it this year as well. 
which is freaking insane. I don't know. I don't know why side note. I don't know why anybody would want to do that twice. Cause that is a, that is a journey and a half right there. That is so much on you. And it's very taxing on your body as well, as far as health goes. But he talks about the fulfillment from within and how he realizes like, Hey, my body image is not my image of my true self-worth, regardless of what I see, you know, out there in the world. It's not so much realizing, Oh, I'm going to be happy once I get a six pack again. It's being like, okay, I'm happy because I know that I'm doing the best thing for myself and moving towards that. And I think that's really what it comes down to. And that's the fulfillment from within that we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to talking about, you know, falling in love with the process, the journey and taking those small steps and celebrating those small steps. I, I, it doesn't get better than that, to be completely honest with you. And I think you hit it right on the head right there. Yeah. And I mean, you know, celebrating the small steps for sure. It's like, it's so, I think the most motivating thing is, you know, like not just accomplishing, but literally smashing those small goals, like just killing them. Because if you can, if you can do that, it gives you kind of like an, you know, an upbringing of confidence. Like, oh my God, wait, I could do this. That means I could do the next one. Then that means I could do the next one. And then that means I could, and pretty soon, pretty soon you're at the top of the staircase there. So I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it, Justin. And I think, I think confidence is another one of those things that comes with finding that satisfaction from within. I think finding that, like breaking that confidence barrier first is probably the, t the tougher of the two, I, just from what I, who I've talked to and my own personal experience, being, being able to find confidence in yourself and what you're doing and not only what you're doing, but the process that you're on, being confident that you're being successful and that you're doing what's really making you happy is also going to help. Again, I'm just going to keep saying finding that fulfillment from within. Yeah. And again, this is not easy. We're not going to pretend that everybody can put on 70 pounds and then lose it. But cause that, I mean, that just takes a whole nother level of commitment. And that's oh, yeah. another thing too. understanding, being able to understand what you have to sacrifice in order to achieve that is also important it all comes down to what you want in, in your life, to be completely honest with you. Oh, uh, without a doubt. But you talked about the confidence barrier. So I'm going to ask you personally here for the, um, for the listeners and viewers. How do you, uh, do you break that confidence barrier? What, what, do you, what do you think? And I mean, I'm not talking like confidence exercises, charisma on command type of stuff. I'm just saying, what is your, from your personal experiences, what, what, what would you say? What would you say helps the most? I think one of the biggest things is again, going back to that, comparing yourself to others. So for me, we, I've talked about this in previous episodes, baseball is probably one of the biggest parts of my life. And yeah. so being able to find that confidence while you're playing, I, at least for me, I found that that's probably the biggest determinant in whether I'm playing really, really good, or I'm just in a slump and not feeling it. And yeah. It all comes down to remembering that fi finding that in yourself, it, it's kind of hard to explain in words, Gabe, because I think the I process is different for everybody. Yeah. But I think the best way that I could explain it is being able to sit down with yourself think and think about A, why you're doing it. I think finding your why is important when... Yeah finding your confidence again because if you understand why you're doing something i think it's a lot easier to be confident about what you're doing 
uh, that's just me. It's going to be different for everybody. And I think having that conversation with yourself is an important part of that process. So, so would you say then that it's the, because I mean, from what I heard right there, it ultimately comes down to self-evaluation, self-evaluation of seeing like, cause I mean, you like everything you said was self self-evaluation. So having that conversation with yourself and just realizing like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is, this is why I'm doing it. This is understanding how, how I'm feeling and also understanding how I should feel. And do you think that's, I, I mean, I would say that that, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. that comes down. I'm, I don't know what the title of this episode is at this current moment, but it has something to do with the lines of fulfillment from within and yeah. within is talking about yourself and you're not going to get fulfillment from within by external sources. I, that's just not the way it works. And yes, in my mind, like that makes sense yeah. because that's just common sense to me. Well, now, now count like talking about what you just brought up here. Do you think that, because bringing it back to social media, I think a big problem with social media is it's taught some people this whole flex culture type of thing of getting that, you know, getting that, you know, Gucci wallet or something like that, that's going to bring you fulfillment. I think that's what some people think. That's what they honestly believe is like, oh, if I go out and get this, I'll blow a thousand bucks on this, but that's going to make me happy. And that's just not true. And I think that's actually harmful to the people that believe that. I don't know. I, I, I truly believe that social media is a big part of now, that. Now, yeah, I, I agree. I do think there are things like that that can bring you like external factors that can bring you satisfaction. Yeah. The only problem with going down that sort of road is when you're not getting that external validation, you don't know what to do with yourself. Well, I think that and like, I don't know, as far as far as the whole flex culture thing, like you, you really got to think, is this sustainable? Is that really sustainable to be wearing like thousand dollar outfits every day? Like you really got it. And once you're, I think you're setting yourself up for hurt because what I mean by it not being sustainable is talking about your point of like, once that's gone, then that satisfaction is gone for you. And if you learned and taught yourself to really get satisfaction from that, then dude, you're screwed because I, what happens when that money's not there anymore, you know? And that's a big issue. Yeah. That that was kind of the road I was going down. I mean, it doesn't have to be the money. Yeah. I mean, we were talking, if we're talking teenage life, this can also apply to school. Oh yeah, if you of course. only if you only find satisfaction out of getting, you know, A's and then you go and take a course that you're not good at and you just can't figure it out, then you're going to be done done for. I mean, that's just a matter of the fact. You got to find ways to not only find satisfaction from those external validation. I obviously getting that A is going to make you feel nice, but if you don't get that A, being able to sit down and be like, okay, I'm satisfied in the fact that I put down my best effort and I, you know, I did everything that I could following that sort of path and thinking more about the process itself and what you were able to control. I, it's just going to make all the difference in being satisfied and being happy with yourself. Yeah. Would you, you brought up effort there. Would you personally consider yourself to be more of a, uh, an effort over results type of guy? Well, I would like to think so. Really? I think we'd all like to think so. Okay. But I think the truth of the matter is that we're all we're all sort of chasing results. That's just kind of the society that we live in. And yeah. I, I think that's part of the journey as well is being able to find ways to hold yourself back from looking more about the end result and the result, like just the results in general and look at the process 
again, I'd like to think that I'm a more processed and achievement, not than not achievement driven person. But again, we all have those times where, you know, yeah. if we don't meet a goal, obviously we're not going to be happy, but then taking that step back and thinking about the process is probably, probably a good skill to learn there. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's self-reflection, dude. Self-reflection is a huge thing. And that's I, a lot of people struggle with that. Me included. Um, self-reflection is a huge thing. I don't know. As far as myself, I, I think that's a tricky question, effort over results, because we do live in a results-driven world. And I think that effort is, I mean, you should, you should be proud of the effort you give no matter what the result is for sure. But I think that, and I don't know if this relates to satisfaction or just the end-all be-all. It's like, dude, if you don't get the job done, on some, with certain things, the bottom line is you also didn't just get, you just didn't get the job done. And I think that's the problem. That's the problem with these people who they, they talk about, oh, you know, failure is a good thing. Failure is a good thing. Like, yeah, on some level it is, but dude, if you fail at everything, it's not a good thing. Like you should, it's failure is only a good thing. If it results in you coming back and winning because you, I'm not going to say winning, coming back and succeeding because you learn from your failures. That's the only time it's a good thing. I, I really, I truly don't believe, and I don't know who is going to agree with me or not, but I think that I really do. I don't believe failures are 100% good thing. Cause some people, cause some people believe that some people believe that, well, Oh, failure. We learned from it. We learned for it. Well, at what point do you stop learning from failure and then also get the job done? And that's the tricky part about the whole effort over results question is we live in a results driven world. So at what point do you got to yeah. get the result? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest. This is the way I see it. I think you have to be honest with yourself when you're talking about learning from failure, because I'm not going to say that all failure is good, but I don't, I don't think I'm on, on the side of the spectrum that Gabe is where, you know, I'm pretty critical of failure. Obviously, I'm going to go back to baseball because this is just something I could talk about easily. Yeah. Baseball is probably the game of failure. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean succeeding at the plate three out of 10 times is considered good. So I think if you're a baseball player, you've learned throughout this time how to deal with failure. And when we're talking about failure in the process, I think understanding that a failure is a part of the process. It is something that has to happen. If you fail at something, it's not the end result. It's a step in the way. Mm -hmm. So taking that approach and it's, about how you respond from that failure going back to kind of what you were talking about gabe talking about if you're constantly failing i i'm going to make a generalization here if you're constantly failing i would say that your response to your previous failures is probably what's causing you to continuously fail if you're if when you're failing at something i i mean failing such a strong word but we're going to use it for the sake of this when you're failing at something and you're continuously failing, say, at the same thing, that should send you a message. And how you respond to that failure is probably, it should probably be telling you that you need to make an adjustment or change in the way that you're doing things. And really analyzing the results of what's happening, I, I don't know, that that's all I would have to say there is how you respond to that failure is probably what determines what's going to happen next and how, how you're going to feel about it. I mean, yeah. That's the whole topic of the episode. If you're constantly failing and you're not making any making any changes, you're gonna live in this constant regret. You're like, oh, I should have changed this. Yeah, yeah. Don't okay. don't put yourself in that position. 
I, I agree with that. And I mean, something that I just want to clear up too is I'm not so much on the side of like, I'm not on the side of failures bad. I'm kind of in the middle about it because I think that ultimately it's a person to person basis because it depends on, like Justin said, it depends on your response to failures. That's the greater issue here. It's not the fact of whether failure is good or bad. It's the fact of how you individually respond to it. So I'm very in the middle with it, but um, that, that really just, it translates into your outlook and approach and making the adjustments and under, cause dude, I, I'm probably, I promise you some people out there, they will fail over and over again, doing the exact same thing over and over again, expecting different outcomes over and over again. And it boils down to this, man, you can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome. That's just not how it works. So if you step back from when you fail and do reuse and fail a lot, and you're right, it is, a, it is a pretty intimidating word. But when you step back from that and you say, okay, this is what I think went wrong. This is how I'm going to fix that. This is, you know, and you, and you re you reanalyze the process, like you said, and then you change it a little bit. And then with the goal and hope of getting to that point to where you want to, then I think that's, I think that's what ha- needs to happen. But really, I, I don't believe failure. I don't think the word failure and what it means. I don't think it's either good or bad. I really don't. I think it's how everybody, what everybody individually, their responses to it. Yeah. You, you touched on something that's interesting. When you're talking about doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, I think to put it into perspective, the definition of insanity is yeah, literally yes. doing the same thing over and over again and then expecting a different result. Like, and if you're if you feel like you're driving yourself insane by doing the same thing over and over again and nothing's changing, like that assumption is right. Like you are driving yourself insane because that's what being insane is to yeah. a certain degree. Well, and so I think putting it in that way, realizing what you're truly doing when you're repetitive in that sense, like, so God, so would you say that that a huge part of this is also being, being good at adapting? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I had that written down also being open to change will also help you be satisfied and to make progress because we live in a changing world. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. And yeah. obviously, depending on the subject that you're looking at, we're living in a changing world and that almost applies to everything that's happening. And so if you aren't adapting to a certain degree, there are going to be like your successes may turn into failures. And if you just are stuck on this, well, this worked for me before. Why isn't it working now? And you keep doing it. Nothing Again, nothing's going to change. And so being able to, again, Look at your failures and evaluate what is actually happening there. Why, why is this not working? That, yeah. that will help you make progress. And when you make that progress, you're, you're going to be satisfied and you're going to be happy. Yeah. So you mentioned, we talked about doing the same thing over again, the world of change. So you said, I think the words, the words that you exactly use, correct me if I'm wrong here. You said this worked for me before. Why isn't it working now? Right. So along those maybe, lines. yeah, maybe not exactly that, but you know what I'm saying? So as I, I may have mentioned this before, I'm not even sure if I mentioned this in past episodes, I'm also very big into like social media stuff, social media marketing specifically. And what, what happened to me around July of 2020 was really interesting because I was growing up. I was like growing all these pages and doing all this stuff. Cause Instagram is like, Instagram's huge. It's probably in my opinion, besides, I think TikTok's coming up there for sure. But Instagram is by far the hottest social platform worldwide. Um, and, you know, I was doing social media marketing, not only for my business, but also 
other business ventures that I wanted to try, testing a few things out. And it was working great for me until July. What happened in July was I wake up one morning and for whatever reason, um, my organic reach, which means the people that were seeing my post, was extremely low. I'm talking it was half of the people that was the day before. And I was like, this is a really big deal because if I'm making, if I'm monetizing this skill that I have and now that's cut in half, that's a big deal for me. Well, the thing is, is the Instagram algorithm is always changing and you have to be able to adapt to that. And I know that this story is, it's not so direct, but it's the point, it's the point of the lesson here. If you're not able to adapt to that, then you're not going to be able to find that success because yeah, you may have found success, you know, before they changed it, but then guess what? Then they're just going to change it again. And then you get it. Cool. And then they're going to change it again. And then you get it. Then they're going to change it again. It's this revolving cycle of understanding that you're going to have to adapt to all of these things in order to continue to be successful. Keyword continue because just because you're successful with something once doesn't mean you're always going to be. Yeah. And it's that idea of never being satisfied. I think if you're, if you're someone who's trying to progress in your life and trying to build to something greater, this idea of, again, never being satisfied is kind of dramatic because again, we're talking about the small steps, but I think when you, it's important to realize when you celebrate these small wins, it shouldn't be like a super extended celebration. Oh yeah. You should be excited about these small wins and then it's on to the next goal. Exactly. And again, it comes back to understanding that it's a process. You achieve one thing and yay, cool. I did it. All right. What's next? You know, it's sort of that kind of train. I do want to ask you, since you brought up the specific example, when you realized that your Instagram wasn't having as much organic reach, what kind of went through your mind there? What was that process like of realizing that something needed to change? Dude, I'm okay. First of all, I'm not perfect. So I, I'm not like when I, when I answer this question here, you're going to realize that I'm terrible at taking my own advice. I threw a fit because it was complete. Cause I like things where I'm in control. I like understanding, you know, I'm a very, I'm a very planned out person in the sense that I like being in control of different aspects of my life. And when something that was, you know, it was that because I, dude, at this point too, this is, this is the part that really sucked about it was at that point I was making the most money from it than I ever had before. I was doing a lot of like, you know, affiliate marketing stuff. For those of you guys who don't know what that is, brief, brief side story about it. Affiliate marketing is essentially where you sell somebody else's product and then you receive a commission for it. And when I figured out kind of the science of the algorithm and how to make a post go viral, I started a bunch of different pages in a bunch of different niches and then just was an affiliate for all these different products. And at that point, when I was like, holy crap, I can have one out of every three things that I post go viral, making three posts a day, I was gaining like, Dude, I'm not even joking with you. I, there was a point where I was literally gaining like two to 5K followers on one of my pages a week. And, you know, a good portion of those were seeing the products that I was promoting. And so a little backstory, I was making like pretty solid money at the time for that, for what it was and how much time it took. So when that kind of got taken away from me, I threw a fit. I was like very upset because I was like, I don't know where to go from here. I really don't. And then it, it came down to, it really came down to me just accepting the fact of like, okay, first of all, I'm using Instagram's platform for this. So they really control my entire business, which is frustrating. Um, Taught me a huge business lesson there of how long story cut down is just the fact that whenever you're using these other platforms, they ultimately have control over your business. So I learned a lesson from that. I learned that lesson for sure. But it also taught me that, you know, I just, I had to realize I, I learned the algorithm before. I just had to learn it again. 
So I was frustrated because I had to re go back to it. Sure. But I mean, I mean, I got back to it anyway, so it's fine. It was just understanding like, ah, oh, dude, I didn't, I just didn't want to have to do it again, but. Yeah. And that's, that's, to be honest, that's the reason I asked you that question is yeah. because I yeah, had yeah. a feeling Gabe and I are going to talk about this advice and this is stuff that we kind of learn from experience after the fact. So the reason that we're able to talk about, you know, what should happen in response to failure is because, you know, in Gabe's case here, his initial response is probably one that's normal for people our age. Like it was extremely frustrating and that that's fine. But then he realized, okay, I need to make an adjustment and I need to control the controllable. Yes. I, I can't control that. You know, the people up in Instagram just controlled out or just changed the algorithm. Like there's, there's nothing I can do about that. I, I can complain about it all I want, but you know, I can't, I can't change it. And so moving on from that and evaluating what he needed to change led to, you know, him progressing. And that, I mean, that's why I asked the question is because, you know, to kind of put a real life story behind what we're saying. Yeah. And that was something else too, where for me, it, that wasn't my first experience with that. I've had a lot of, <laughs> it's actually, it's pretty funny as far as business goes, Justin, I don't know if you know this about me, but my parents will for sure tell anybody this. I have, I've had my fair share of meltdowns because when you're a young, like when you're a kid, like I am, I mean, I think it's fair to say I'm a kid, right? maybe an older form of a kid, but I'm a kid. And when, when there's things that are out of your, you mentioned control the controllable, when there's things that are out of my control, I tend to get extremely frustrated. And now in, on some level, it's a maturity thing. Sure. But like, I've had my fair share of meltdowns and it's just ultimately realizing like, okay, it's more of just a pivot and adjust type thing. You know, and it doesn't, it's not about, cause like, think about it. If it's, if you're trying to go from, if you're trying to go from here to here, I know you listeners can't see it, but I got, I just got my hands up right now. If you're trying to go from here to here. It doesn't have to be a straight line. It can be a straight line, pivot, go up a little bit, pivot, then go forward. Like it's, it's not going to be perfect. And when you realize that, and it's all about adapting, pivoting and adjusting, dude, that's the name of the game right there with whatever you're doing in life. And, and you touched on something that, you know, your fair share of meltdowns. Well, I, I, I didn't know that personally. I think during this time with COVID and quarantine, I think a lot of people our age went through that kind of experience where all of a sudden, almost everything in their life, they could not control. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hardest, the most difficult, one of the most difficult things for us to deal with right now, not only as kids our age, but as a society, is this sense of not being able to control what happened, what is happening is very difficult for, for a lot of people to grasp. And I think almost everybody can fit into that group. And that's what's creating a lot of frustration and divide and all that stuff that we're seeing in the world right now. And so, especially during COVID, we're seeing this sense of not being able to control things amplified to a global sort of thing where you, if you're in the United States, you're watching other countries control this and you're like, okay, that's frustrating. Uh, why can't yeah. we control it? But the matter of the fact is you're one person and you're not going to be able to control what other people do. It, it, again, it just goes back to this whole thing of being able to understand it's going to be frustrating, but being able to look back and know that you're controlling what you're controlling. If you can be satisfied with that, it's going to help in the long run for sure. 
I agree with that completely. I couldn't have even said it better myself. It's a control the controllable and understand that you are just one person. And going back to what we talked about in the beginning, falling in love with the process and not focusing so much just on the end result. Justin, I'm looking at the time here, and I think that it is about time to wrap up this episode. Do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I, I think you, you hit it right there at the end, bringing it back. Also, just be present in the moment. Enjoy enjoy life, man. You said this in the last episode, we only get one of these. So enjoying what is happening right now and not focusing on what could be happening or what should be happening will help you be happy in the long run. That's all I got to say. Couldn't have said it better myself. So Justin, always a pleasure talking to you, man. For the listeners at home, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're driving somewhere, maybe you're Maybe you're walking. You know, you really could be doing anything. I'm not sure, but I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Teenage Talk. Wherever you were listening, or wherever you were listening to this, don't forget to check out the Instagram and on YouTube, Teenage Talk Podcast. We are up on there, and on there you'll actually be able to see the uh, the video footage of our recordings. So we're doing this all through Zoom call. That's why I told Justin I was like, "Hey, we should do this through because I think we were just we were just going to do like a call type of thing, right, Justin?" And then I was like, "Dude, we got to find a way to." Uh, to incorporate some video stuff on there. Cause I was like, we need this for the social media. It's going to end up working out a lot better in the long run. So you guys can check that out on YouTube and yeah, guys, I hope you have a great day and uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you everybody for listening to teenage talk. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, share with your friends and head over to our Instagram page at teenage talk underscore podcast until next time. This is teenage talk.